this is Brenda inside the Kid Code Playground, where, in the time it takes to have a coffee break, we shift stressed out families from painful parenting and kid chaos to positive parenting and calm kids using the techniques in the book, The Kid Code 30 Second Parenting Strategies. The unexpected result? You get your belly laugh back and ensure your kids keep theirs. In this podcast, pointed straight at your heart, we understand that parents struggle with two big problems, time and strategies that work on the spot. Every time you tune in, you'll find something to help you get right now relief in an upset with your kids, because every parent deserves a peaceful parenting experience and every child deserves a peaceful parent. Are you ready? Dear parents, remember that you have full permission to be a mess as a parent and at the same time accept this warm-hearted invitation to leave your parenting pain behind. The pandemic, no matter what your beliefs around the upheaval we live in are, we do live in it. And my hope is to help you turn your own pandemonium into peace. You know, our kids are gone before we know it. All people who have kids old enough to have left the nest know this. And all parents who don't have kids who haven't left don't know this. It's really good to ponder that your kids will leave. And it's also for your well-being to have them leave with what you want them to leave with, to have felt cherished. Before I start this strategy for peaceful, positive parenting, I want to read something I wrote around the time my kids were leaving home. I hope it helps you feel gratitude for your kids now when you need it most. It's called Echoes of Love. The food processor, the car, and the calculator each came with an operator's manual in two languages. The kids didn't. They came with innocent eyes, trusting hearts, and prolific but very trying minds of their own. They took time and patience, provoked us, each other, and the dog. They inspired laughter, defined pleasure, and incited anger as they tested their boundaries with creativity and enthusiasm that completely deserted them when it was time for homework, housework, or chores. They went from diapers and toothless grins to baggy jeans and braces, from bruised elbows and broken bones to bruised egos and broken hearts, from ribbons and bows to tattoos and rings in their noses, from BB guns and slingshots to mushroom cuts and hot trucks. We don't remember when we stopped telling them bedtime stories and they started telling us tall tales and images of their first steps and echoes of their first words enchant us still. They went from tears on the first day of school to impossible dreams on the last. They went from taking a small corner of our hearts to taking it all. We watched as they sat in a train on the floor rubbing knots out of each other's shoulders while they planned the action for the weekend. The planning took a circuitous route through last weekend's escapades, and they talked about good times 24-7. But who has that? Nobody. That's who. But they don't know that yet, because their laughter has no house payment attached to it. When they catch us watching them with that pitifully adoring look that we save for the centres of our universe— They roll their eyes and say, Mother! They want to rush headlong into their future, and we want to stop it. We want them back, 
laughing and playing hide-and-seek, sneaking mud pies into the oven, running with fat little legs towards us, arms flung wide in innocent abandon. We want to feel how we felt when we held hands with them. We want to see them making chocolate chip cookies, icing sugar streaked across their faces. Enthusiastic but insistent voices telling us they're going to dye their hair green with Kool-Aid and get a belly button ring. I wonder where they learned to huff and stomp and roll their eyes. They said that they at least do it right. We parents don't. We don't know how to sigh properly, we don't talk properly, and we don't even worry right, according to them. And how do they convey annoyance, boredom, or indifference with one word? Whatever. We hear them say that other parents are cool, and we're a bit envious because we're not cool, we're just parents. We're parents who make mistakes and memories and suffered more guilt than we should have. We're so scared that we didn't teach them enough about the world and the people in it, and now they're going out into it without us to watch over them. Who's going to bandage the scrapes and scratches they're going to get from life? Who's going to remind them to take their vitamins and eat their vegetables and get enough sleep? Who's going to remind them to buckle up and drive carefully? Our heads say it's time for them to become their own person, but our hearts can't hear what our heads are telling us. Our hearts hear them as babes full of laughter and tears. Our hearts hear them calling softly to the old swayback horse as though he were their very best friend. Our hearts hear them singing. And the wheels on the bus go round and round in tiny little voices, hands clapping out of time and straight into our souls. Our hearts hear them sobbing until all that's left are soft little hiccups when their best friend didn't want them anymore and our hearts lurch at the thought of them leaving the nest of dependency we've built. Our thoughts wrap around sticky doorknobs and muddy footprints, and we wish we had accorded them the little consequence that they were due and brought more occasion for laughter into their lives. Words spoken in anger that cut with a thousand little blades of guilt stalk the memories of words spoken out of love, and we hope, with a desperation born of a need to be understood, that they know we love them always. Long after they've gone, we'll see them sitting at the end of our beds early in the morning and late at night. Just in our mind's eye, they'll be chatting about their lives, telling us only part of the story, but that's enough for us. We'll see them giving their brother a wedgie because he was taunting them about being fat, all 110 pounds of them. In our mind's eye, we'll see them gazing at us with a vacant look that reveals a yawning disinterest in the words of wisdom we've just imparted for the third time. In our mind's eye, we'll see them sneaking a drink out of the juice carton when they thought no one was looking. We'll see them denying that they wore their sister's shirt, even when the evidence is in a pile on the bedroom floor. In our mind's eye, we'll see them turn their faces away to hide the tears in their eyes when they're friend dies, and that brings mortality crashing into their well-ordered young lives. We'll sit and wish that their lives could be as carefree as those yellow butterflies playing in the summer sun, and that the winter would never come. We'll hurt with them and laugh with them and love them long after they're gone. And after they've gone, in that empty silence, we'll probably go from walking the dog to rocking the dog, 
We might even sing him lullabies. But look at what they've become, our children. Do they know how easy they are to love? Do they know that we like the kind of people they are becoming? Our children are funny and curious and innocent and so bright. And every day we send a silent prayer heavenward saying, thank you for this child. They'll be all right, won't they? Fragments of memories and slivers of hope frame the dreams of their futures. They are too young to know that they are drawn to creation in crossfire. And they're too old to not have started down that path. The alluring path of attraction, affection, and love. They say that they're never going to get married, and in the next breath, they describe their future husbands or wives as major hot. We thought we were the teachers, but we discovered that we were the students, and the things they taught us can't be found in a manual. What we learned was the greatest gift we could give our children would be to send them out into the world well-loved, so they could live happily and pass that on. And if there were a manual that came with kids, all it would say is love them anyway. So those are my feelings on being a mom and experiencing them with us and then experiencing them leaving us as they should. So, you know, during the pandemic's Stress has really hit an all-time high, and peace can be really hard to find. So here's an idea to help that situation. It's called Take Five to Revive. What I suggest is that you make a separate, quiet space for each person in your home. It's theirs to go to so they can rebalance by themselves anytime. And this is not the same spot kids would have for a timeout if you do that practice. This is a spot to solidify their inner peaceful nature. It's not a place you send them to. You can invite them to it, but it has to be clear it's for their well-being, not a place for them to consider how bad they are. If you have the space, let each child make it special for themselves with things like maybe a few books. What are those fidgety things called now nowadays? You know, the little bubble things they pop. Maybe some pillows or stuffy. Anything that makes them comfortable. If you don't have the space, help the child make a cardboard box big enough for them to get comfortably into and call that their quiet space and put it in the quietest room possible or in the noisy kitchen if you have to, but the space is theirs alone. And now, this is really important. Invite the kids, not just now, but always, to notice themselves. What's going on in themselves? And would they like a quiet time? Would they like to use a strategy to help them feel better? So talk to your kids about this space and how it can help them self-regulate back to feeling like everything is okay. You know, like if they're feeling overwhelmed or they don't understand something, or if they're fighting with others or, you know, things like that. Also, make this a practice every day, every single day, even if it's only for a minute. Go into this one space and notice that that space can catalyze your own internal peace. If you set it up, it will happen. If you feel that the child is old enough, you can give them a word or a phrase to silently chant that will help them feel calm. So any words work good except candy. Don't use that word. 
use, uh, you know, words that they like, like love, play, kindness, puppy. As, as long as the word generates a good feeling inside of them, it's okay to use. So here's one thing. If you have a child that needs to move a lot, and there are lots of those kids, invite them to always do that for a few minutes before they sit down. Like they can do jumping jacks or gymnastics or anything, as long as they can also sit quietly for a few minutes after and feel themselves come back into their nature. For adults, you can make this space sacred. So for example, you can make a small altar. You can add pictures, maybe of the awakened beings or the saints or um, nature or the God you get your peace from. You could add flowers, etc. anything. Those things aren't necessary, but they can certainly add to the sanctity of the space. And after time, you'll notice a calming feeling every time you enter it. And always start your time in this space with slow, deeper breathing. And I like to invite my body to relax one part at a time. So for example, I say feet, relax, and I feel them relax. Shins, relax, and then I feel them relax. All the way up to the muscles at the very top of the head. Next thing is bring gratitude into your awareness by thinking of something that you appreciate. This is one thing I do that I love and I do it every single day. Muji, he's another favorite spiritual teacher. He invites us to put our palms together in prayer position and say and feel thank you repeatedly. When I do this, it sends my bliss barometer right to high as soon as I start doing it. Also, you can use HeartMath, and you can look them up if you like. It's heartmath.com. And this brings you back into coherence. You, you do it now if you want, if, you're, if it's safe. Slow your breath. Deepen your breath. And for about five seconds, you do an inhale. You imagine the breath swirling around the heart. You exhale for another five seconds, or whatever's comfortable for you. And you do this while thinking of something or someone you appreciate. So bring appreciation into the breathing. This causes coherence in the mind and body within several seconds. Teach your kids these breathing practices to use in their quiet space. And oh yeah, important thing here. Let your kids name their private quiet space. That's all for today. Thank you for listening and making your parenting life and your child's life more positive and peaceful. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review it on your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to take a Kid Code course, yep, you can do it in the time it takes to have a coffee break. If you'd like to become a Kid Code teacher, or if you want to reach me directly to talk about anything Kid Code, I'm here, thekidcode.ca instant evolution into positive, peaceful parenting, one upset at a time. <laughs>